This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. With the second pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep getting better every day. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft. And every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, the best and only daily podcast covering your Houston Rockets. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo HOU. And if you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to the brand new YouTube channel. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Make us your first listen of the day, right? Wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, the brand new Odyssey app, you name it, it's free and available on every podcast platform you can imagine. We've got five things that we're going to get into on today's show and joining us to do that is Sports Illustrated's Michael Shapiro. What's up, Michael? How are you doing? Doing pretty well. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, Michael. It's always a pleasure. It's been far too long since the last time we, we we've gone through a whole pandemic. I mean, we're still going through a pandemic since the last time you were on this show. Yeah, no, it's been a while. I think, honestly, the last time we talked, I'm, I'm pretty sure it might have been uh, when James Harden and Russell Westbrook were still on the roster. I know I went to the studio at one point to discuss that, and that was, uh, you know, one of the last time a lot of us have been in the arena. So it was good to see people uh, at the arena and in Galveston in recent days. And uh, yeah, it should be a fun season ahead, at least a little bit more back to normal. Absolutely. Still, still going to be some weirdness here and there, but at least some semblance of normalcy. So, Michael, let's go ahead and dive straight in. We've got five things that we want to discuss here today about what we want to see out of this first Rockets preseason game against the Washington Wizards, 7 p.m. tip-off uh, Tuesday night. Now, the very first thing, and I think we can kind of just knock this one out, out of the park first, is going to be... Who do we ultimately see starting at the small forward spot, at the three spot for this Houston Rockets team? Because we've gone back and forth in recent days and weeks all through training camp, hearing different things from the coaching staff, finding out that you know they were running Jay Sean Tate and Daniel House interchangeably with that starting squad unit. Then we're finding out now, reported by the Athletics' Kelly Eco, that Eric Gordon actually spent a majority of time with the starters in the final few days of the scrimmages, so or of training camp, I should say. So between those three guys... You know, I've been leaning and I've been very firm on, on Jay Sean Tate Island thinking he should be the starter out of those three. I've kind of, you know, staked my claim as to why I believe that to be the case. And I'll revisit probably a couple of those arguments here. But where is your head at? Who do you think is ultimately going to get the starting nod uh, alongside Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, Christian Wood and Daniel Tice? You know, I'll pivot a bit from, from your take here, and I think Kelly's reporting uh, makes a lot of sense to me. I think having Eric Gordon kind of anchoring that starting lineup is pretty smart. I think that veteran presence is really going to help uh, both Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green uh, grow in that starting lineup. It's kind of situated for with Eric where he sometimes can guard the opponent's best player. He's strong off the bounce. He's a spacer. He's one of those guys who can kind of fill in all the gaps, and but really – when I think of why this might be a smart move for the Rockets, I think Daniel House's growth has a lot to do with it, right? I think if the Rockets trust House to go out there and do a lot of work running playmaking, you know, running some point guard perhaps for the Rockets, then they would feel more comfortable about starting Gordon. I think that is kind of what might make them uh, make this ultimate decision. As for Tate, I, I can see him starting, and that might be how it goes. 
down the year. But I think right now having him uh, as kind of the defensive anchor in the second unit makes some sense. So if we were to have opening night here, I kind of think it will be Eric Gordon. I think that makes some sense to me. See, the one the one caveat that I have or the one issue that I have with the Eric Gordon in the starting lineup, because I agree with the with what you laid out and what uh, Kelly Eco has has reported via The Athletic. I agree with those those sentiments. My biggest issue is I can't imagine or I can, it's not that I can't imagine. It seems like the rotations would be a bit difficult if you have mm-hmm. essentially what is your three guard set starting, because then there's only one more guard conceivably in the rotation that I think we're going to see getting even a little bit of rotation minutes. And I think that's going to be DJ Augustine, you know, kind of to steady the flow a little bit at times, maybe some spot minutes in each half, so to speak. But I think the majority of those guard minutes should go to Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, and Eric Gordon. And that becomes a little bit more difficult to manage as far as substitution patterns and that kind of thing. If you start all three of those guys versus bringing Eric Gordon off the bench and having your main trio of guards be those three as opposed to starting him at the small forward spot. That's my only reservation with starting Eric Gordon. I agree with all the other points you brought up. And even though I'd like to see Jay Sean Tate start, I do think that Eric Gordon's veteran mentorship, leadership, his you know ability to guard the other player's best player, the other person's best player, the other team's best player, as well as the fact that he doesn't need the ball in his hands to be effective. He spaces the floor well past the three point line. A lot of operating room for Jalen Green and KPJ to work with. So I, I see I see both sides at this point. Yeah, you make a sensible point with the rotation pattern, especially, I think, although it could be a situation where Steven Silas, you know, wants to pull one of his three guards four minutes, three minutes into the first quarter. And it kind of becomes a situation where, like, the starting guard, the starting trio of guards, the starting small four, it's kind of a nominal thing anyway. I think, though, ultimately, you know, early in the year, at least when they go to the end of games, I I would kind of like to see the Rockets experiment with that three guard look. I think it would give them a lot of off the bounce playmaking. I think Gordon, as I said, veteran presence would help. Um, So I think it might be more about the finishing lineup than the starting lineup. Um, I I think it's no guarantee right now that we see, but I'll, I'll go with Gordon for now. All right, I'm I'm going to be I'm one to just dig my heels in the dirt. You know what? I look, I've done my research. No, okay. I am going to that that line's going to kill me. Um so I'm sticking with I want to see Jay Sean Tate and I will be, you know, I can't say I'll be pleasantly surprised if it's Eric Gordon, but based on all the evidence at hand, I will not be shocked if it's Eric Gordon based on the reports coming out of training camp. Uh and then as well as the reports that Daniel House Jr as kind of that spark plug off the bench makes a lot of sense his ability to you know utilize his playmaking uh, his scoring ability to kind of help anchor that second unit mm-hmm. as well. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that. But coming up, we also want to talk about the really interesting part. This is probably the part that everybody's most looking forward to is the interplay between Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green, as well as KJ Martin's role moving forward with this team. And we're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at Direct TV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you got your neighbor's best friends login for all the other good stuff that you're missing out on, right? Well, let me tell you about a way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle, a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That's one location, right? It means no more juggling remotes, no more, no more need to buy another device ever again, and the best part there's no annual contract no commitment right so get rid of the clutter and the confusion get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com compatible device required content varies by package 
and another message from my friends over at Shopify. Because look, Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Because look, you can reach customers online, across social networks, with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Basically, whatever social media you're trying to advertise on, Shopify can help you do that, right? You gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond that. Just again, the analytics they've got at your disposal over at Shopify. It's incredible, right? It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is a possibility powered by Shopify. So go to shopify.com slash locked on MBA, all lowercase for a free 14 day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash locked on MBA right now. Again, shopify.com slash locked on MBA. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Continuing the five things that we want to see. Was my hand on camera? Full, there we go. Five things right there, all up in the camera, that we want to see out of this first Rockets preseason game. And frankly, we're going to get into this big one. This is probably the biggest one is how Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green play with each other, play off of each other. Because this is, you, you said it yourself, Michael, in the very beginning, that this is supposedly the backcourt of the future for the Houston Rockets. So this is going to be our first glimpse into how these two are really going to play with each other. What are you expecting to see out of these two? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're not going to talk about the 2022 draft or anything right now. So as it stands, it's like the two Rockets building blocks moving forward. They're two franchise anchors, right? Are Kevin Porter and Jalen Green. I think seeing them on the floor together is going to be uh, kind of a thrill throughout the preseason and regular season. And I think uh, – Looking at the outline of how these two guys play, there is kind of a blueprint for success, right? Which I think is encouraging. I think Kevin Porter Jr., last year he was thrown into the deep end as a point guard, and I think he really thrived. You know, he shows really strong playmaking in the pick and roll. He can kind of throw to either corner with either hands. He's a guy who can really control the offense and get multiple guys involved. He's not really hunching for his own shot too terribly much, what impressed me last year. Then Jalen Green, you know, he's going to be just a scoring guard. You know, that's his thing. He could be a future scoring leader in this league. And I think with him, you know, I hope to see a lot of cutting, a lot of off-the-ball movement. You know, you don't want this to be uh, a James Harden situation where he's just isolating or standing with his hands on his hips. You know, he's not nearly uh, a good enough offensive player yet to get away with that. So I hope to see, you know, a lot of activity and energy from Green. I think he'll get a lot of, like, scrap buckets, putbacks, you know, kind of things like that just by his sheer athleticism. So I think, honestly, early in the preseason, it might be more like the Kevin Porter Jr. show running the offense than the Jalen Green show. But I think over the course of the year, Jalen will have, of course, a scoring outburst his 30 point nights and as i said you know there's a baseline for success you could kind of see this being a fun backcourt that people start to talk about more and more as the season goes on you know when, when we're as we're going into this game i i think the way these two are going to coexist on the court is so interesting to me because you've got Jalen who is definitely more so of the score first mentality you know he's going to get his buckets absolutely but even he has said that he thinks his playmaking capabilities are a bit underrated honestly um he's had his teammates kind of highlight the fact that he is a good playmaker and I think Kevin Porter Jr. is kind of the inverse of that he has the ability to score but like you said and like we all saw this past season Kevin Porter Jr. has a knack for finding his teammates for facilitating the basketball and you know slotted into that point guard role rather seamlessly honestly once they they put the ball in his hands full time and he was able to really have the keys to the offense. What's going to be interesting to me to see, and that we're going to see this more as the season progresses, but we're going to see it, I, I think in probably some brief glimpses in this preseason game is how does Kevin Porter jr. Play off of Jalen green? Mm -hmm. I don't have 
any concerns about how Jalen Green is going to play off of Kevin Porter Jr. because we saw his ability to play off ball both in the G League as well as in Summer League. We saw him make that mental shift, especially when we go back to Summer League to think about the Pistons game where they were crowding him double and triple teaming him when he had the ball in his hands. So they made a notched like difference in how they were going to approach the offense. And Jalen Green started operating off ball for the remainder of that game. And he exploded, had a, had a phenomenal game. And he did the majority of his work by operating off ball, by running around screens, by getting, you know, getting the ball off of a dribble handoff set and getting going downhill before the defense could double him, those kinds of things. So with Kevin Porter Jr., I think that's my biggest, not necessarily a concern, but just my biggest question mark is what's it going to look like when Jalen Green has the ball in his hands and KPJ is left out on the wing, right? You know, is is he just going to stand there? Is he going to be able to operate off ball a little bit? Is he going to be prepared? Has he worked on his shot enough to be yeah. a reliable spot-up three-point shooter when Jalen Green and Christian Wood and others inevitably suck in the defense and leave, you know, shooters wide open on the perimeter? Yeah, that's going to be really, I think, one of the bigger questions, right? I think Kevin, uh, his percentage, how effective he is from beyond the arc as a spot-up guy, I think is really going to depend, uh, kind of define a lot of his season offensively. You know, if his shot really improves, this could be like a most improved player kind of season for him. I still think it's a bit of a question mark, and that could be where we see kind of the more hands on the hips standing around. But, you know, I think there will be enough of a stagger, right, where I think, you know, Eric Gordon and those Kevin Porter Jr. minutes, those are still minutes where Kevin Porter Jr. is going to be initiating a lot of the offense. I still think he'll get plenty of time. So yeah, it might not be the most seamless transition where both guys are moving all over the place, very active off the ball, both pick and roll maestros early on. Like I think both guys have some question marks and things where they need to grow, but I think there's just such talent and you just kind of see it, right? You see them practicing together, working together. These are two guys that want to play off each other, want to work off each other. It's not really a situation like they were necessarily shoehorned in together. Right? You know, this is the kind of thing where they know each other and this is kind of set up for them to be successful now, of course, that's no guarantee, but I just kind of think the positive setting that they're entering, the understanding that there is going to be a little sharing going on, I think kind of the culture that Steven Silas is setting, all of that kind of leads to, I think, a healthy growth curve, which is all you can ask for for these guys going into the year. All right, Michael, what do you do? Are we going to see a Kevin Porter Jr. to Jalen Green lob in this game? Mm-hmm. Yes or no? Your prediction right now. Yeah, why not? I think they'll hunt for it, right? I think these young guys want to put on a show a little bit. And I think the Rockets, I hope the Rockets run, run, run a lot this year. You know, I think it's a situation they might not win a lot of games. Hopefully they put up a lot of points and put on a show. And I think Green uh, and Porter can lead to that. We're manifesting a KP Jalen alley-oop. If we don't get one in this game, we riot. But speaking of high flyers and and amazing, spectacular dunks, we've got to talk about KJ Martin and what Mm -hmm. his role is going to look like for this team. Because I think right now, you look at this team, there are kind of the four wings on this team in Jay Sean Tate, Daniel House Jr., KJ Martin, and David Nwaba. And trying to figure out where, uh, you know, who out of those guys are going to, you know, get consistent minutes, who's kind of the odd man out. And my depth chart at the Rockets wing right now is essentially in my head, Jay Sean Tate, Daniel House Jr., KJ Martin, and I've got David Nwaba. Poor Uncle Dave is kind of the odd man out in my book right now as far as consistent minutes are concerned. He might get some spot minutes here and there. Maybe if there's a night where Eric Gordon is resting and they shift the rotation around a little bit and he's going to get some more run in games like that. But I do think based on his play last year, KJ Martin absolutely has to be a focal point of this team moving forward, at least in the sense of like getting a consistent 15 to 20 minutes a night off the bench. Don't you think? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's necessarily proven that you can call him like a building block of the team or anything like that, but I do agree that he should get consistent run in the rotation. I just think his versatility does a lot for you. You know, his ability to both upsize and downsize defensively, I think his kind of energy and spirit is pretty infectious. I actually think that's something Steven Silas noted multiple times last year, even amid losing streaks. It seemed that Kevin Martin consistently brought effort and energy. You know, he can be a high flyer. I think more volume from behind the arc, you know, is something that will help this team and will help him gain minutes, right? Because I do think the Rockets... We'll try to run, as I said, and they'll try to jack up a lot of threes. I think that's something actually at Stephen Silas's media availability today. He said, you know, we're going to run a little bit. We're going to try to pace and space our way to some wins. We're going to try to pace our own space our way through the preseason. So I think that some better three-point shooting would help. But I do think that, you know, given his age, given this team's timeline, you know, David Nawaba is kind of more of a proven product. I don't necessarily think that you need to give him a lot of minutes and see what you have here. I think Martin uh, should get a lot of play to start the year. And like you said, maybe that's 15, 20 minutes a night. Um, and we'll see what we get. And to me, I'm really curious to see where they decide to run him because pretty much they they basically treated him as just a four this yeah. past season for the majority of the season. And then we saw a few sets near the, you know, a few lineups near the end of the season, probably final, maybe 10, 15 or so games where KJ Martin was actually running the three spot. And this was actually something that Ali Kambijani and I spent a lot of time dissecting was KJ Martin had finally gotten to a point where he was consistent enough with his outside shot. He was comfortable enough attacking off the dribble on these, you know, close outs that he was able to slot in at the three spot and not be a liability offensively and still kind of space the floor and be able to create off the bounce a little bit mostly for himself but there were a few opportunities where he was able to create for others off the dribble as well and I wonder if we're going to see him as more of a three or as more of a four in some of these Rockets lineups because it's very clear that Christian Wood is going to be the four for the majority of time that he's on the floor except for those stretches where he's going to slot in as the five and they're going to, you know, have that run and gun, play fast, space, you know, uh, pace and pace and space lineups uh, with Christian Wood at the five spot. And then conceivably one of the forwards, either House or Martin or Tate or Nwaba, slotted in at that four spot alongside him. So it'll be really interesting to me to see wh- how much play K.J. Martin gets, what he looks like both offensively and defensively, and, and specifically how his offensive game has improved over the summer, because we saw him you know, get exponentially better as last season went along. And from where he was to start the season to where he was to end the season was a night and day difference offensively for him, as well as, you know, just his ball handling, his shooting capability, all of that. So to see that, as well as what position he truly occupies on the floor and what this team really views him as. Yeah, I think the more he can prove he can play the three, the better for his chances to make a real impact in the rotation. I think that's a pretty fair assessment. All right, coming up, we've got two more topics we want to get into. What is the defensive identity of this team going to be? And how is Jalen Green going to look operating out of the pick and roll? And we're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at betonline.ag. We are back and better than ever as all eyes are on the gridiron because, look, football season is in full swing. We've also got you covered at BetOnline for baseball basketball, UFC, MMA, hockey, you name it, BetOnline has you covered for everything you can imagine, all the odds, props, and contests. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything betting that you need. So head over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts 
And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Remember to make Locked on Rockets your first listen of the day, and I'll have a second listen teed up for you at the end of the show. But, Michael, let's let's continue our, our things that we want to see out of this first Rockets preseason game. And for me, I'm really excited to see the true defensive ceiling of this team because I think there's a lot of really versatile defenders on this roster. Like, you start at the top, and things seem a little shaky right out of the gate, right? Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green. And you're like looking at this, you know, young 19-year-old, 21-year-old backcourt of the future. They're kind of scrawny. They don't have a whole lot of like they, their NBA bodies haven't they haven't kind of grown into their NBA bodies quite just yet. They need to add a little bit more muscle mass. But then you start getting to the other guys on this roster. Jay Sean Tate, Christian Wood, Daniel Tice, David Nwaba, Eric Gordon. Uh, I mean, KJ Martin, who's been a plus defender throughout his time. And you really start to see individually, there are a lot of guys that you can point to on this roster as either above average or even plus level defenders to an extent. And I think that the defensive ceiling of this team is like deceptively high compared to what other people may. I, I was down on what this team was going to do defensively because just thinking about, oh, it's a young team. They've got a lot of rookies, a lot of young players. They're going to make a lot of you know rookie mistakes, youthful errors, that kind of thing. But I think just from a skill perspective and from an individual perspective, if some of those things can mold and coalesce together, I think the team defense has a chance to be a lot better than people suspect. I think, how do I put this? I think organizationally, um, the ceiling is high, right? Because your two guards are large, right? You do, as you said, have a lot of athletic guys and you got Daniel House and KJ Martin and Jayshon Tate and hopefully down the line, Usman Garuba. You know, we shouldn't forget Dante Exum. If he can play healthy, of course, would be a plus plus defender. So I do think the ceiling is high and that you have big guards who could, you know, won't get bullied like it's Trey Young out here, right? And then you have a lot of athletic defenders, you know, a lot of guys on the wing. But I will say a big, big caveat. I think going out of the gate, it's going to be a rough look just because, as you said, Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green, not much NBA experience there. I don't know how much Christian Wood is going to play at the five when he does play at the five. Are they going to survive defensively in those minutes? I think that's a good question. So I think like when you're looking organizationally at the type of roster the Rockets are building, I think you should be encouraged. I think there is this kind of idea where they could be uh, very long and have a lot of long limbs and tall guys and play kind of positionless five-man basketball. That would be great in the coming years. I think this year we're going to have some growing pains is I guess the caution I would, I would usher to be a bummer here. I think it's worth, I think it's worth noting. It's okay. You don't have to be, you're not, you're not Sir Buzz Killington. It's okay. You're just bringing the realistic expectations. And this is a take that I've had before. So maybe I'm just, you know, I'm letting the hype of preseason basketball get to my head basically is what's happening. Um, But I I do think it's worth noting that uh, schematically the way the Rockets look defensively is going to look a little bit different compared to last year, because uh, coming out of camp, we found out that Christian Wood has been switching a lot. And that he's actually been taking pride. We found out from Daniel Tice uh, speaking, you know, to what Christian Wood has achieved so far in camp, that Christian has been taking a lot of pride in his defensive ability, his ability to switch onto the perimeter. And that's something that Daniel Tice is intimately familiar with in his, you know, pit stops and previous points in his career is being a switchable big, somebody who can switch out onto smaller players on the perimeter. And so I think we're going to see, not I think, I know we're going to see a lot more switching from this Rockets unit this year. And that maybe has the chance to give them a little bit more flexibility defensively rather than those drop coverages where you may be getting burned uh, if you've got your big man falling down, you know, falling low into the paint, uh, conceding some open jumpers here and there, that kind of thing. So I'm interested to see exactly how much 
how much or if any drop coverage the Rockets play in this preseason game and how much they actually switch everything. And then by extension of that, how Christian Wood and Daniel Tice actually look on switches. Are they getting burned on all these switches or do they look good? Have they figured out their rotations? Is the help defense paying attention, right? Because that's the really important part is when you have a big switched onto the perimeter like a Christian Wood or a Daniel Tice, the help defenders have to be ready on either side so that you can funnel the offensive player either to the right or to the to the middle of the paint, whatever the defensive scheme is, whatever their game plan is, they need to have you know five-man communication on the defensive side of the ball. Otherwise, it's going to be a train wreck. So that's something I'm going to be paying attention to. Yeah, you mentioned Daniel Tice. I think he was a pretty shrewd addition as well. I think he's a very solid defensive big. You know, he's not the most uh, athletic guy in the world. He's not going to necessarily wow you with any of his traits, but I think he moves very well. He's very bright. And then going to your point about switching a lot more, I think that is a pretty prudent strategy. I also think it's a thing where it allows the Rockets, instead of trying to, you know, with guys like Jalen and KPJ and, you know, dealing with miscommunications left and right, you know, it's kind of more we'll rely on your athleticism, you know, we'll let you switch, we'll let you defend on an island. I I think that's a pretty smart thing. I'd be surprised if the Rockets were a top, you know, half defensive unit this year. But but as you said, there is some legitimate upside with this group. And and I think we'll see some growth again as the year goes on. If they can be like 15 to 25 somewhere defensively, I'll actually be happy with that because Mm -hmm. now granted they were bottom five offensive and offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency last season but that i mean last season's an anomaly it was a train wreck all these reasons right but for a young up-and-coming team i'm expecting them to be a really exciting potent offensive team most nights so if they can finish somewhere in the 10 to 20 range offensively and the 15 to 25 range defensively i'll i'll consider that notched improvement from last season and trending in the right direction hopefully for years to come but uh for this last thing that we're looking forward to it's to me, it's got to be Jalen Green operating in the pick and roll because that was an area that I had my reservations about how he was going to look operating in summer league with really, you know, putting the ball in his hands and having him operate and make the right reads and decisions outside out of a pick and roll, not just scoring, right? Because we know he can score the ball. My my concerns at that time kind of stem from and what I'm looking to see out of him is what reads is he able to make out of a pick and roll situation, right? Because we know he can get his shot off even with a hand in his face. We know he can drive. He can turn on the jets and get to the rim almost at will. But when the defense does start to collapse on him, when they send two and sometimes three bodies his way, can he make the right read? Can he make that correct pass? And to me, the one area that stood out to me in summer league was he wasn't utilizing the pick and roll sets quick enough. There were times where he would call for a pick or the pick would be set and he would kind of like, you know, nonchalantly use the pick and then not get into his next move. He wouldn't, you know, explode towards the basket. He wouldn't make his move for his step back. He wouldn't do the next thing quick enough to where the defender was easily able to fight over the screen or at times even, you know, go under the screen and recover and be right back there with him to where then he basically had to operate using his athleticism to create his own shot as if the pick didn't create an advantage for him. Right, exactly. That, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Jalen coming to the draft, you know, was, was probably the best athlete in the draft. You know, he, he's a very strong isolation player. He proved that in the G League. The pick and roll and, and making those reads it is a learning curve, right? I think that Summer League did provide some optimism, 1.15 points per possession, the pick and roll. Now that was only 13 attempts, sure. I think what encourages me is that he has some imagination. He has some creativity. We kind of saw it in Summer League. He had a really nice pass to Aper and Shengun. You know, it was a little dump off. You know, he's not afraid to go to the opposite corner 
I think it's a situation where he's going to have some really nice highlights actually in the pick and roll, even as a passer. Uh, he'll also have a lot of turnovers too. I think that he very well could, could lead all rookies in turnovers. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Um, you know, he'll actually be in contact uh, or in competition with Kate Cunningham for that uh, honor, so to speak. But yeah, I think these mistakes are going to come, but ultimately I think his creativity is something that he's shown in spurts. And I think as he continues to learn NBA schemes, as he continues to trust himself more, he'll clean up those mistakes. And I, I think he will be ultimately uh, kind of a potent off the bounce player, uh, both as a scorer and as a passer. I think you really hit the nail on the head there talking about the turnover aspect of it is, you know, turnovers just for the sake of turnovers. You know, if it's, if it's, you know, running too quickly in transition, right. Sloppy, you know, dribbling the ball off your foot, like, right. Those are, those are bad, ugly turnovers. But if it's a turnover because he's, you know, being a little bit too creative with the ball, maybe trying to thread the needle a little bit too much, um, you know, trying to find, find a man through two defenders or something, uh, trying to split a screen. If it's turnovers like that, I feel like those are slightly more acceptable turnovers because he is a general, you know, likely a generational talent type player, right? And he's going to be finding his groove, right? He's going to be finding his way at the NBA level and he's going to push himself. He's going to push the boundaries at times of what he can and can't do. And he's going to, right. He's going to try and split two defenders on a possession and then like either trip over his own leg or like lose the ball somewhere in between those two guys or somebody with, you know, active quick hands is going to snatch it away from him. He's going to, you know, hit the deck and he's like, all right, Let's try let's not try that again for a little while, right? Like, but he's gonna push the envelope at times because that's the type of player he is. He's going to try and better, you know, best himself every time down the court by okay, can I beat these two guys and and finish at the rim? Can I finish through this taller, bigger, stronger defender at the cup? Can I break this elite one-on-one defender down off the dribble and get to my patented step back? And I think those are some of gonna be going to be some of the in- insane highlight plays that Rockets fans get to cheer for this season. Yeah, he's definitely going to put up a lot of highlight plays, a lot of highlight dunks, you know, step back threes, finding, you know, a cutter for, for a new. Maybe we'll see at some point a Jalen to a Kevin Porter Jr. Lob. Honestly, that, that should be what Rockets fans are hoping to see. I think that would be a sign of, of a healthy dynamic seeing KPJ uh, out and running and gunning. But, yeah, I, I think he's going to be trying a lot of things. I think it's like he recognizes his talent, right? I think he understands that he could be this generational player. He can be this all NBA player, MVP competitor, but that takes growth and that takes refinement of your game. And I think this year we'll see plenty of highlight plays. Don't worry. I think Rockets fans will understand why he was selected with the number two pick, uh, but don't worry. The growing pains are going to be there. You know, the Rockets, I think going into the year, we're all hyped for the preseason. I'm very excited to be uh, back in the arena, you know, but you know what to be on the court pregame. It will be a fun group to watch. Uh, but the growing pains will be plentiful is, is what I say. Jalen Green's absolutely going to, you know, uh, teach Rockets fans why they took him with the number two overall pick. And he's also going to make Pistons fans regret not taking him with the number one overall pick. And that is the uh, energy that we are manifesting throughout this entire Rockets season as we campaign. We have a new agenda, ladies and gentlemen, and it is the uh, Jalen Green for Rookie of the Year agenda. We need to work harder for this agenda than we ever did for a James Harden MVP agenda award. And so so it's going to be a very fun campaign to do. Michael, always a pleasure to be able to talk basketball with you. What do you have cooking up for us over at uh, over at Sports Illustrated? Uh, you can look out this week. Uh, our SI uh, preview, NBA preview issue is coming out. I have a story on Luka Doncic and the Mavericks. And then in a couple weeks for you Rockets fans, uh, profiling Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, and why the Rockets uh, are so high on their new backcourt. Amazing. I cannot wait to check it out. Michael, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for stopping by. Of course. Thank you.
All right, that's going to do it for today's episode. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to make this show your first listen. And for your second listen, go check out Locked on Bets. Make some money. They have been on fire as of late. So be sure to subscribe to the brand new YouTube channel. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, free and available on every single platform, Apple, Spotify, Google, the brand new Odyssey app, you name it. Locked on Rockets is there. As always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets. Rockets basketball.